welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back on board to talk about some playoff football. Wish it was more... Wish it was a better week, though. A little more entertaining, a little better games, a little better results. Didn't really enjoy anybody that won this weekend. In fact, I can't say anybody that won this weekend. I was happy about it. Honest to God. Uh, well, three out of four, if my predictions were correct, to see it saying it's not like the people I wanted to win you know, were the teams that were probably going to win, that type of deal. The final one, though, yeah, it's just you expected a good game. It was good for a while, and then just the, the floodgates opened up, just Total crap. Uh, I might be trying to keep it down a little bit because my wife is sick. She's trying to sleep, kind of, sort of, with a sore throat and all that crap. I hope I'm not catching it right now as we speak. <laughs> but, yes, it's a playoff conversation. Very briefly, though, we'll talk about the Vikings. You know, since this is a Vikings podcast, uh, you know, we always kind of check into the news. Now, as we head into these postseason shows, we start off with the news, and then we get into the playoffs. So here we are. Uh, the Vikings are... Expected to make Pat Shermer the full-time offensive coordinator, according to sources. Uh, I'm okay with it, I guess. I mean, it's kind of like, what else were we going to do? I would have liked maybe looking around rather than just kind of stick with the guy that, had, that was there. That the offense wasn't that successful. Sure, it looked beautiful in the final game of the season. But overall, I can't say Shermer is my top choice. Uh, other people that maybe know more about it than me say he's actually did a hell of a job for what he was dealt with with the offensive line. I don't like the short passes. The some of that was Brad uh was that Sam Bradford's choice? Was it Pat Shermer's play calling? You know, it it all kind of depends. Um sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um I guess we just have to hope for the best in this one. As Viking fans, we just kind of sit back. There's nothing we can do about it. Uh it's not like there's an election or anything. So we just have to sit back and hope for the best with it. Pat Shermer will be the offensive coordinator going into the 2017 season. Other than that, that's really pretty much it. Other than a couple of, you know, just minor, very minor transactions, guys going into the the uh, practice squad and such. Lots of names, mostly, I mean, pretty much all undrafted. Uh, Caleb Jones and such. I probably don't need to name too many of the names. Tight end Kyle Carter and so many others. Cedric Thompson, safety, all kind of signed. They're ultimately here to, well, you know, work with the practice squad or training camp and um, OTAs, all that. So... They're just kind of here right now, and you never know. Sometimes guys emerge. <laughs> Bo Ringer, also one of them. That's kind of funny. Bo Ringer, the sixth-round pick. C.J. Ham has been, has been uh, well, he was activated from the practice squad at one point during the final weeks of the season. C.J. Ham, remember him during the preseason? Looked pretty good. A nice, powerful back over there. So, ultimately, the Packer game actually isn't over yet, but, yeah, it's over. Um, it's just kind of wrapping up the final minutes. The Packers will be heading to the Dallas, to the land of Dallas. Woohoo! The Seattle Sea Chickens will be heading to Atlanta. Woohoo! See, that'll be what we'll be talking about later. Houston's heading to New England. Ha! Good luck with that. And Pittsburgh is heading to Kansas City. That might be the closest game, but I don't know. They might all be very close. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? They might all be very close. So let's just get into the results first before we talk about the second week, and then we'll have fan interaction <clears throat> and all that. So that's pretty much going to be the show today. Um... Yeah, I mean, the Vikings thing there, it was so short, I might as well just jump right in, you know, and then we'll take a break and preview the following week and then get into fan interaction. So I was thinking of doing fan interaction at the beginning, but now we'll save it for last. Houston defeats the Oakland Raiders, a home game for the Houston Texans that, I don't know, um, don't know what the deal was with that. Uh, I mean, obviously, yes, of course, we know why Houston hosted it, but don't know what kind of a football game this was ultimately. 
this was the beginning of what an awful weekend of football this would be. I'm really hoping, you know, it's like sometimes you realize, see, the first round, you're going to have some junk in the first round in wildcard week, and you're going to have some teams that emerge, and they're going to make some, and they're going to be on the verge of a playoff run. Like somebody, at least one of these four teams is probably going to make it to the uh, conference round. So we'll see which one, (laughs) one of the four teams that advanced throughout this weekend. I don't think it's going to be Houston. I'd be beyond shocked if that happened. But there's always junk. Unfortunately, both Houston and Oakland were junk because David Carr wasn't available. And it looked like the Oakland Raiders just... They never recovered from it, physically, mentally, none of it. They just kind of weren't there. They weren't really there at all. Luckily, after the first quarter, it was 10-7. to After Latavius Murray was able to get into the end zone after a solid run, it was mostly him in this game because Connor Cook, he's shell-shocked, not ready for it, even though they had him attempt 45 passes in the game because they were trailing most of the way. Couldn't complete a pass, not the greatest thing. Three interceptions, one touchdown. His first game of his career is a playoff game on the road against the Houston Texas defense. Sure, they're missing J.J. Watt, but they're still very good. Uh, Latavius Murray was okay at best. Uh, only 12 rushes, though. He did get in the end zone. Good for him. Brock Osweiler was good enough. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over. That was the difference. The re- the way the Oakland Raiders would have won this game is the same way the Vikings would have won the game. Forced turnovers. Pressure on Brock Osweiler. And that's what the Vikings did in U.S. Bank Stadium much earlier in the season. Back when we were thinking we wouldn't even have to play this weekend. We'd be waiting for next weekend. <laughs> yeah, we thought we would be at 5-0. and We were competing with Dallas, yeah, Seattle, Green Bay for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. All that. Remember? Wasn't that fun? <laughs> Lamar Miller, yeah, um, one of the better offseason signings out of Miami. Really uh, strong running back. Not the best game you ever saw because the Raiders' defense was up to the task for the most part. But overall, later as the game progressed, Houston just kind of dominated and the Oakland Raiders looked just, they looked like they weren't even trying sometimes. It was really depressing to watch. And I, I understand they're frustrated and the, the quarterback is just, you know, he's not equipped to, to go in a playoff game. Michael Crabtree was not that good. Andre Holmes was all right, 50 catches, and he did get in the end zone. He was the only one to do that. DeAndre Hopkins, remember him? I used to like him as a possible Vikings uh, <laughs> prospect. Uh, he'd catch the, you know, to, to be our wide receiver. Ended up being somebody else later on. Cordero Patterson that season. Woo-hoo. Mm. Cordero Patterson, Laquan Treadwell. That, that hasn't worked out so good. But yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, who started strong, hasn't been so great ever since. Yeah, you know, he got in the end zone. Woo-hoo. I mean, I don't really want to say a whole lot about this game. I don't think there's really a whole lot any of you give a crap. I'm getting a headache even thinking about it. But if Oakland was going to win this game, they had to force turnovers. They had to pressure Brock Osweiler, and they didn't do that. And plain and simple, they lost the game 24 or 27 to 14. It was a lousy game. Um, no sacks on Brock Osweiler. Not only did he not, he not force a turnover, they didn't even get to him at all. How the hell is a team that, that lost Derek Carr an offensive stud, a <laughs> future quarterback in this league, to a broken ankle, broken fibula, expect to do anything. When you can't even get a sack, you, you can't pressure the quarterback, you can't force a single turnover. When you have a talented defense like they do, Khalil Mack is one of the best linebackers in the league already, and he's already the captain of the linebackers, and you can't get anything done. And disappointing game, very disappointing to watch. Houston and all their fans all excited about it. Ah. Get, get out of here. I mean, it's nice you got a playoff win, but give me a break. It was like a preseason game more than a playoff win, but they will get killed next week, in my humble opinion. Seattle-Detroit, it's like more of the same, 26-6. to six. I mean, Detroit looked okay at times, but not really. I mean, it, woohoo. I mean, this game was 10-6 to six at one point. As Detroit, it was kind of, as Detroit would kind of just hang in there, 
getting getting far enough to get to <laughs> into Matt Prater's field goal range in the, in the 50s, the low 50s. He made both of those. Seattle, just that classic boring team that makes big plays when they when they feel like it. That's basically what Seattle is, and that's what it was. Kind of like Green Bay at times, too. Not even saying that they're boring, because like, Green Bay's more exciting for their fans, per se, than Seattle is. But Seattle got what they needed to when they needed to, and Rawls was just rolling right through the uh, Detroit front line, which supposedly was still great. I'm, of course, uh, there was a little bit of a pass rush on Russell Wilson early, Three sacks total in the game, but it certainly wouldn't be enough as Wilson was sharp as he always is and accurate as he always is. And all the time you think you got him, you, you got him stopped. You know, somebody like a Doug Baldwin is open and he was open many times in this game. Detroit Lions and their, we thought decent defense was not that great. Sometimes it's decent, but it wasn't as good. It's not as good as it used to be. And Doug Baldwin time and time again would make catches on long third downs. He went up with 104 yards, 11 catches total out of 12 targets in the game. Just dominated the whole way. Paul Richardson caught a deep pass as well for a touchdown in the game. Seattle just kind of made fairly quick work of the Detroit Lions. Marvin Jones was decent. Anquan Bolden, well, they, t- <laughs> they just could not they could not complete the pass multiple occasions when we thought Detroit would get something going. It just ended up not happening. And Detroit did not look good in this game. Matthew Stafford is certainly not as accurate as he was earlier in the year. He was basically about what you would have expected a couple years ago. And yes, he has the finger injury, but still, no response from this Detroit team. Time and time again, and Seattle just had their way. Thomas Rawls, 161 yards on the ground. Just time and time and time and time and time again, he would just run right through this Detroit front line. I mean, there's nothing you can do when the guy's averaging six yards a carry. And it's not just because of the 32-yard gain. It's because of the 11-yard gain and the 9-yard gain and the 12-yard gain and the 15. You know, it's just it, that's what it felt like the whole game. Eight yards, eight yards, eight yards, time and time again. There's nothing you can do when you have a running game. Uh, working as well as it was on this particular day. And the Detroit defensive line is doing nothing, absolutely nothing, when it needed to. So that's why Seattle's moving on to Atlanta. And being there the number three seed, they're automatically going to Atlanta, and that set the stage for the winner of New York and Green Bay going to Dallas. So my whole prediction of the winner of that of the New York and Green Bay game going to the Super Bowl is kind of a steep task now. <laughs> Granted, you know, I knew Seattle would have to go to Atlanta, and I figure Atlanta will never set foot in Dallas. I don't know. Maybe they will. <laughs> Anything could happen at this point. I don't even know what I'm going to predict now. I mean, <laughs> I have an idea, yes, but uh, it's not the best. Uh, this this whole situation, this whole playoff weekend was not <clears throat> the best thing you ever saw. Again, I'm hoping I'm not catching something. I hope my voice doesn't sound kind of funny. I'm trying to not let it do that. Pittsburgh-Miami, same thing. I mean, Miami the whole game. Did they look like they even belonged in this game at all? And LeVon Bell, same thing. Rawls, it was just Detroit and, and Seattle. It's Detroit-Seattle. I mean, 30-6, to six, or 30-12, to 12, pardon me. Miami did score very late in the game. 30-12, to 12, I mean, what a yucky, nasty, horse-bleep game. <laughs> really, though, LeVon Bell just, yeah, right through him. Six yards at Kara. He only had a 26-yard long, but he got in the end zone twice. And he's as great a running back as Pittsburgh's ever had. I mean, 167 yards and two touchdowns in his first playoff game. Welcome to the playoffs, LeVon Bell. Pittsburgh Steelers, very good chance they're going to the the AFC Championship game as far as I'm concerned. Miami Dolphins, again. Again, just what, you know, not much to say here. 
Matt Morris certainly wasn't bad. He was completing his passes, but they were not very far. <laughs> they were not very far at all. I mean, he, he did wind up with almost 300 yards in the game, but you could almost call him kind of a... <laughs> Kind of a, a Sam Bradford that fumbles a lot. I, I don't know. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, that's all they play. I mean, they're constantly hitting hard, hitting you hard, and they're constantly trying to jar the ball loose every single time. Matt Moore, two strip sacks in the game, and he was sacked five times, and he was hurt pretty bad on one play. Lucky for him, he went right back out there after uh, Yates just basically handed the ball off a couple times to Jay Ajay who was extremely good during the regular season and did absolutely not, did hardly anything in this game. I mean, he could hardly move forward against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Ben Roethlisberger only had to attempt 18 passes in this game, and he was very solid. It's crazy to think he had two interceptions in the game with the way Pittsburgh dominated the whole way and how, and how Miami just continued to fumble the ball away time and time again. Turnover after turnover, Miami Dolphins looked like they don't even belong in this playoffs. And I mean, I was thinking, how do they win 10 games? And I understand they were missing their, their best quarterback, but still, this is this this was this was lousy. I mean, I mean, Ryan Tannehill should have should have and would have come in handy today, but it's one of those things where, yeah, you know, if they, he would have been able to play for the division round, but it, it just wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. So. It is what it is. I mean, a guy can't just come back like that. He would have had to wait one more week. Unfortunately, though, there's no way this Miami team was going to get past Pittsburgh today. I mean, I was hoping, hoping, as I posted on Facebook, go Dolphins and Giants today. Yeah, I was hoping they were going to win. That doesn't mean I was predicting the Dolphins were going to win. I was predicting the Giants were going to win, as you heard. I was predicting the Giants were going to win the NFC. Yeah, that, that didn't work out at all. It really didn't, and I'm kind of pissed off about it, to be quite honest. I mean, what the hell? Ugh, this was a horrible, horrible wildcard weekend. I hated it. I hated it. Did you like it, seriously? And yes, I knew Pittsburgh was going to win this game, but I thought Miami would show a little better than this and maybe even keep this game very interesting. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers earlier this year, and Levi had 200 yards against them. I mean, today, nothing. Just couldn't even go forward hardly the whole game. It was a complete joke. A jai, a die, I can't even say it. A jai. <laughs> I'm getting like Joseph a die in my head. 33 yards in the game. A long of eight. He couldn't even get one first down on his own. Yuck. Yuck city. Miami just, whatever. I mean, I, unwatchable football today, man. Unwatchable football yesterday. Ugh, Green Bay officially 38-13. to 13. work out at all, did it? You know, NFC Championship. Well, I ain't going undefeated this year, am I? I thought there was a good chance I might have another undefeated season like I did back in the 2014 season slash January 2015, if you know what I mean, going into the playoffs that year. New York, I feel to this, I still feel is the better team out of these two, but Green Bay was the hotter team, and that's what happened. The New York Giants <laughs> just, they started this game well, Eli Manning was completing passes, and then certain events started to take place, and this game really started to backfire in a huge way. Calls going against the Giants, this and that. Randall Cobb with a miracle catch at the end of the half pushed. Uh, he definitely pushed off, and there was a four, it ended up being a 42-yard hail mary. So instead of it being a one-point game, it's an eight-point game, just like that. Final play. Literally, like, around the midfield, Aaron Rodgers hurled it up, and yet another one of his miracle Harold Mary passes. 42 yards out, it's an eight-point game. You figure, okay, the Giants should be okay, though. After things ground out in that third quarter, Eli Manning finally getting focused. 
after the Giants defense forced the Packers into a turnover on downs. That was awesome. I was so excited. And then here comes Eli Manning just driving that team down the field. Just two passes. Ended up being to Tavares King, 41 yards out. Perfect pass right to Eli Manning. Or excuse me, right right to Tavares King <laughs> from Eli Manning. And it's a one-point game. And they went for the kick, or else a two-point game. They went for the uh, extra point, which surprised me a little bit. I thought maybe they'd go for two. You don't really have anything to gain being down by one or down by two. It's not much of a difference. Um, safeties, you don't, they don't really happen very often. <laughs> you can't really count on getting a safety. Or you, you can't really worry about, oh boy, what if we get a safety or whatever. That type of thing. Um, and of course, that first touchdown by Aaron Rodgers to Devante Adams who just killed the Giants the whole game. He was always open. And the Giants, it felt like in that second half, were just playing off of Devante Adams the whole second half. And this was, of course, after... <sighs> Your old friend Jordy Nelson got hit in the ribs pretty good on a play where he wasn't able to catch the pass, hit very hard on the sidelines, and there was no penalty called, it being a late hit, and the defenseless receiver, all that, and Jordy Nelson would not return. They say a rib injury. Was it broken? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Bruised. Will he be back next week? I don't know. We'll talk about, they'll talk about that later on, I'm sure. We'll see what happens. Um, but that pass to Devontae Adams, I mean... I don't know how it was completed. It was just in the exact spot, and that's just how it always is with Rodgers. Uh, is he really that accurate, or is it lucky? I mean, I don't know. I, I guess he is that accurate. As for the Hail Mary, I think that's luck. I, I really do, because how many times is a pass knocked away or intercepted in that situation? And Randall Cobb pushed off. I'm sorry, he pushed off. He pushed off, watched the play. He pushed off, and that's how he got open for that catch. As the announcers are saying, how do you not stay on Randall Cobb? Because he got because he pushed off at the in the final like two seconds as the ball was coming down. He pushed off, and he was able to gain about three yards of space, and he looked wide open because of it. That's how he got the touchdown. And yes, it's it's luck that the ball just happened to get there, right place, right time. But it also was illegal because it's a push off. That's pass interference. That touchdown should never have counted. And that was a huge momentum turn in the game. Luckily, the Giants were able to kind of play some great defense, but immediately after, and I mean immediately after, the Giants were able to make it a one-point game rather than trying to tie it on the uh, extra point. I, I'm not bitter about that or anything, but okay, I don't know. It turns out it wouldn't have mattered too much anyway, it seems like, because immediately after that, it was like Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay said, screw you, we're going to kick your ass, basically is what happened as the Packers would score four consecutive times. <laughs> and the Giants would never score again. Um, and no, they weren't on consecutive drives, but they would score four more times, three touchdowns and one field goal by Mason Crosby. Luckily, the Giants barely hung on to dear life after that drive. Packers fans screaming and booing that Randall Cobb was pass interfered with when there was very minor contact. But oh no, let's let's not for, let, let, let's let's not forget the uh, the little push off on the Hail Mary though. That that didn't count. No. That's a touchdown. That's perfectly okay. Yeah, Packer fans, just keep booing that one. But Giants fans should shut up about the uh, Randall Cobb push-off, I'm sure. And those of us here in Minnesota that would would rather, okay, fill in the blank than uh, see the Packers win. Just fill in the blank on that one. But it was immediately after that beautiful pass from Eli Manning to Tavares King that the Packers literally just took off. And the Giants defense went from very tight pressure to no pressure. 
Um, what was also surprising is how the Packers kept handing the ball off rather than trying to make a pass from Rodgers, which would probably have been completed on that fourth and inches, or Rodgers pretending like he's going to pass and then doing his panded little runny, runny, good old goody, goody, goody gumdrop crap that we can't stand watching, but it continues to happen. Um, but that's where things changed. It was just Rodgers all day after that until much later. I mean, every time the ball was handed off to Ty Montgomery, it seemed like he was going forward about nine feet. <laughs> and then Christine Michael also, oh, who drove me nuts every single time he did anything. It was like, celebrate, celebrate about everything. Pound, pound the hammer down, whatever it was. And Michael also very good in returning kicks as well. Oh, much to my chagrin, that was pretty frustrating to watch. <laughs> oh, Michael, that 31-yard return, that's what started that green, you know, after the 31-yard return, there was the huge, uh, that was where the huge play continued, the huge drive continued for Green Bay, and Rodgers completed pass after pass after pass oh, to Devontae Adams. It was like over and over and over again to Devontae Adams. The whole game, oh, he ended up with 125 yards. He did get one touchdown in the game. Randall Cobb also, he went up with three touchdown receptions in the game, including, again, that cheap-ass push-off on the Hail Mary. Three touchdowns required for Randall Cobb. Another guy who, every time he makes some kind of catch, he's got to do a huge dance, and it's really annoying to watch. You don't all have to do that, do you? Come on. (laughs) Hard to watch. It really was. But basically, after that, Aaron Rodgers had his way. Again, Mason Crosby, 32-yard field goal again after the oh, non-call on Randall Cobb in the end zone. And then the, he got his touchdown, Randall Cobb, five minutes later for the Giants couldn't do jack crap. 31-13, that was pretty much it. Uh, and you could just sense it from there on out. And then, of course, the Packers got the ball back again after a strip sack on Eli Manning. And they went up in the end zone again, 38-13. to and the frustration continued there. Uh, just Aaron Rodgers dominated the whole game. Four touchdowns, 125 yards, or 125 quarterback rating. Dominated uh, 62%, and that's only because of a couple of knockdowns here and there, but no turnovers, absolutely none by the New York Giants, other than the turnover on downs, which was great. But uh, a very frustrating finish in this game, the way Green Bay just rolled right over the uh, New York Giants. It was almost like they... Uh, St. Louis Rams over the Vikings in the 1999 second round division divisional game where things looked like, okay, maybe they, they might be all right, especially after the touchdown by Eli Manning, and then it was just, it was kind of like that. Late in that third quarter on Green Bay scoring four, four times, 24 consecutive points for the Green Bay Packers, and that was it. And the Packers roll, and they're going off to Dallas. Woohoo! Get them cowboy hats ready, I guess. I guess Viking fans get them cowboy hats ready, start cheering for the Falcons, I suppose, unless you actually want Seattle to win. I don't know why you'd want that. But, uh, oh boy, hmm. I'm not really going to enjoy the NFC second round at all. Uh, I would cheer for the Cowboys more if Tony Romo was quarterback. I mean, I'm not really behind Dak Prescott that much. I don't really have a whole much against him, but, you know, he's just a rookie, whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. Tony Romo's a little bit more likable than Dak Prescott, I think. Prescott's just a new guy and whatever. I don't know. I <laughs> can't really say much more about it. He's not, eh, whatever. I'm not that impressed with him just yet. He's he's good, but he's, I don't know. I don't think he's ready to win a Super Bowl, but well, we'll see. We saw other guys do it too, I suppose. We saw the Bradys. We saw the Russell Wilsons do it too very earlier in their careers. So who knows? Anything could happen. We'll be back right after this to preview the divisional round.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Segment number two, we'll do some previewing into the divisional round. And of course, segment number three will be a briefer version of fan interaction, I could imagine. Because we're not uh, reviewing a Viking game or anything. Divisional playoffs, of course, Saturday, Sunday, like it was this week. We'll start, we'll do it all in order. We'll start with the first Saturday game at 3.35 p.m. Not sure which publication... I'm guessing it's Fox. It is Fox, so just so you know. At Atlanta, the Seattle Seahawks visit the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, goody. Um, well, <laughs> will Will Rawls be able to do what he did earlier? I'm not sure. Uh, I hope not, honestly, because I don't want the Seattle Seahawks to win. Atlanta, are they ready to get to the conference final again? It'll be the first time since 2012. 2012, when the 49ers beat them by the slimmest of margins. Uh, you got Matt Ryan throwing for almost 5,000 yards. Vic Beasley Jr. with 15 and a half sacks on the season. The defense certainly has improved when you have a defensive coach in Dan Quinn. Julio Jones, just a spectacular talent. The best wide receiver in football when healthy. And luckily for them, this year he was able to stay healthy. That's why they won the NFC South. Uh, Devonta Freeman, about 1,100 yards on the season. Amazing that Julio Jones, only six touchdowns on the year. That's an amazing statistic when you think about it. <laughs> but it's like the guy can't stay healthy. That's the frustrating part when you think about it. But just an elite talent. Uh, 14 games total this season. Uh, he missed two, and he still wound up with 1,400 yards. Last year when he played all 16, he had 1,800 yards, almost 1,900 yards. That's what kind of talent this guy is. He just he catches everything. And he's capable of just attacking. Um, Just, you know, 17 yards a catch this season, 100 yards a game. Unbelievable player. Of course, Matt Ryan, a big talent. But is he he good in the big games? Well, last time around, the Seattle Seahawks lost to the uh, Atlanta Falcons by a narrow margin. And that's when the Falcons ended up going to the NFC title game. I have a feeling it's going to be something around those lines again this time around. I think Atlanta's slightly better, and home field advantage does help. And they have a little bit better defense now. They have a better defensive coach and everything. Just like, well, the Vikings got Mike Zimmer, all that. Hard to believe Matt Ryan's only 31. He looks older, doesn't he? (laughs) He really does. He's aged, like, quickly the last few years. Um, Just an elite season, though. Uh, Obviously, big numbers. He always puts up the big numbers, like the Peyton Mannings and, and such in the league. Russell Wilson, obviously, we all know what he can do. Rawls, who obviously emerged greatly for the Seattle Seahawks. That frickin' Doug Baldwin always seems to get open at the right time. Big plays, and then he's as cocky as hell. Richard Sherman can drive you absolutely crazy. It kind of, it's it's the turnover battle. Uh, which quarterback can be forced into turnovers? Will Russell Wilson's passes be batted down enough? Can Atlanta's offense just take off and run away with this thing? What's going to happen? Hard to say. Uh, Thomas Rawls, though, during the regular season, gosh, he only had 349 yards, but he certainly has emerged in the playoffs. An undrafted running back again just shows what kind of talent you can get in the later rounds of the draft or even as a free agent. You just never know. You just never know. And, of course, beast mode is gone and all that. Uh, Will Rawls be able to do do it again, though? I I don't think he's going to have an easy time like he did against the Detroit Lions, and I think that'll be a big part of the difference in the game. Uh, Russell Wilson, obviously capable of passing the ball to anybody. (laughs) It's going to be a close game. It's going to be entertaining, fun to watch. Russell Wilson has not had the best of seasons. Uh, This team has a bit of, well, dare I say, uh, they're just kind (laughs) of, they don't really get along with each other all the time. They have the kind of personalities of, they just, you know, like something doesn't go their way. They kind of start to flip out. And that's what happened a couple of weeks ago. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Seattle getting frustrated in this game and Atlanta outlasting them. I'm going to go with the final score in the game of Atlanta's going to win 28-24. It'll be very close, just like last time. There'll be a play knocked away late by the improved Atlanta defense, and they'll prove to be a division championship team, and they will make it to the NFC title game. The Atlanta Falcons will make it to the NFC title game for the first time since 2012 against the 49ers. They will host it again as well. That is where I stand with this one. 28-24, Atlanta's offense will be just good enough, and Seattle will be combustible enough that they won't be able to finish things off. Saturday night, Saturday night. Yes, sir. 7.15 on, let's make sure we're here, CBS. Yep, I had a feeling it was CBS. <laughs> New England Patriots, the soon-to-be Super Bowl champion, yep, as, Dan, as a common man would say, the soon-to-be Super Bowl champion, 14-2 and New England Patriots, will host the Houston Texans. This will not be much of a football game. And if it is, shame on the Patriots. Shame on them. But Bill Belichick is not the kind of guy he's going to let his team slack off. And Tom Brady's the kind of guy he's not going to slack off. He's not going to let his teammates slack off. They're going to just... They're, this is going to be like a nice little <laughs> tune-up for the New England Patriots. Obviously having a week off, you just kind of get things going again. Get the wheels turning. Get things ready to make a championship type of run here. At least get to the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> and get ready for a Pittsburgh or a Kansas City visit the following week in Gillette Stadium. New England Patriots will win the game easily, easily, 38-13 to over the Houston Texans. They'll roll right over them. Do I really need to explain why? Because they're better. And I mean, they're way better. And Osweiler's going to have some turnovers. He's not going to have a perfect game like uh, in the turnover department like he did last time around. You're going to see two, maybe three turnovers by Osweiler alone. Maybe a strip sack and two interceptions. The New England Patriots will roll all over the <laughs> Brock Osweiler. Uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick and this defense are not afraid of, of, of Osweiler. Even though it's not like it's the best defense in football. But they know how to defend. They know where to be, when to be. And the Patriots to say Houston's got a tough defense. I think they're going to score a lot of points off of the turnovers in this game. And the offense will score the rest. So it'll add up to 38 points because of the turnovers and the great ability by Tom Brady. And, of course, LeGarrette Blunt on the goal line will get things done. He will absolutely put this team in position to win. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. The New England Patriots will win 38-13. to over your Houston Texans to some of you out there that may be cheering for them because you just don't like the Patriots and, well, we're happy for you, I guess. That's just that's just how you're going to have to be, I suppose, on that one. So let's switch into Sunday. That's right, Sunday, as things are acting up here, the Kansas City Chiefs will host the Pittsburgh Steelers at noon, at high noon, in Arrowhead. This will be a really good game. This will be a classic old-school football right here. Uh, you're going to see good defenses. You're going to see good offenses. Uh, Pittsburgh, to me, though, has that playoff-tested ability. They are playoff-tested to a point. Now, not everybody's playoff-tested. LeVon Bell is a, is a rookie, pretty much, <laughs> to the postseason. And he has, uh, well, he was unbelievable against the Miami Dolphins. I don't think he's going to get numbers like that against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and he does. Holy moly. New England's got their work cut out for them in the, the following week. and I. Uh, but Kansas City, to me, is not a football team prime to go to a conference final, despite the fact they're hosting the game, despite the fact they won a very tough division. And also the Raiders would have won it, if not for the injury to Derek Carr. We could talk about that forever and ever and ever. 
Kansas City, though, to me. And Andy Reid. Well, Andy Reid has gotten teams to the Super Bowl before, like once. <laughs> He's gotten teams to the conference final game many times with Philadelphia. I just, I don't know. Alex Smith and all that. And when you hear people compare uh, Sam Bradford to Alex Smith, it makes you kind of sad, makes you cringe. You hope and pray to God that that's not what's going on with uh, Alex Smith and such. Boy, I hope it's not. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, to me, I just don't trust them in the postseason. And they've made it several times now with Andy Reid and Alex Smith. They made it multiple years here. They've had some very good teams. I remember the Colts just rolled right past them. Uh, to me, this team, I, I, I just don't see them as a... As, I, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I'm sorry. Their defense is really good, and Andy Reid has been a defensive coach in the past. Obviously, his teams have had good defenses with Philadelphia in the past. Ah, oh, man. I just don't see it. I, I don't. Alex Smith, 3,500 yards on the season. It's like, woohoo. That's not that great. Running backs, obviously, Spencer Ware. Well, he's, he's, he's not bad, but he's not great. Not He didn't get to the 1,000-yard mark. Tyreek Hill is definitely a threat, one of the best special teams guys. And, well, if he breaks one for a touchdown, then that can change things a little bit. It's definitely a momentum changer whenever you see things... Whenever you see a guy take the ball back for a touchdown on the kickoff, uh, that's one of those types of things, obviously. And he cost uh, Marcus Sherrill's $100,000, doggone it, because Marcus Sherrill's did not uh, have better numbers than him at the end of the year. So it's one of those type of things, doggone it. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, I'm bouncing everywhere. Pittsburgh, to me, is going to win the football game. They know how to win playoff games at home, on the road, whatever it is. And if they don't, it would be because of the Kansas City defense, certainly not because of the Kansas City offense. It would be because Ben Roethlisberger has a bad game and LeVon Bell just can't get going like he did against Miami. I don't think anybody's going to have a game like that again in the playoffs. And if they do, they, they might win the whole thing here. <laughs> Maybe LeGarrette Blunt. Who knows? No, I'm kidding. Um... Or Ezekiel Elliott with Dallas. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about that one last, of course. Um, to me, that's the only way Kansas City can win the game is Brock Osweiler. I just keep calling him Brock Osweiler. Well, Ben Roethlisberger is a Brock Osweiler. <laughs> if he is like him in that game, he struggles, turnovers. He's just off. And he's capable of that once in a while. But most of the time, he's pretty damn clutch. He's got a lot of, you know, he's got a lot of weapons. And, of course, the Pittsburgh defense, they've given up tons of yards. They've given up points in the season, but they force turnovers. Alex Smith is a conservative quarterback, without a doubt. So that helps a little bit. But if they really get physical on the guy, Alex Smith isn't going to do a whole lot. And I can see the Pittsburgh Steelers winning a fairly, fairly low-scoring football game, 24 to 17 over Kansas City, disappointing their home fans once again. Um, they haven't won a playoff game in forever. Uh, it's been a long time, not since the 93 team that with, with Joe Montana went to the AFC title game, only to lose to the Buffalo Bills. Oh, goody. Uh, Joe Montana was the quarterback, and he was really old. He was 38 years old, if I remember correctly, at the time, way back in 93. Uh, only eight interceptions on the year for Alex Smith. He has fumbled the ball seven times and lost it four don't be surprised to see one of those in this game because that's that's Pittsburgh. That's just their chippy team. I don't like them. I'd rather see Kansas City win, even though I don't really like Kansas City that much either. But I don't like Pittsburgh at all. And, you know, I'm sick of seeing them win. I don't like the way they play. I don't like the attitude that much. They're, they kind of remind me of Seattle, honestly. Just not as bad. Um, but they are going to win the football game 24-17. They'll just be a little bit too much for this conservative offense, and the defense will, the Kansas City defense will be good enough 
to keep them in the game, but they will not win the game. And once again, the Chiefs will lose, <laughs> even despite having the first round by. And the Pittsburgh Steelers advance to the AFC title game versus the Ring the Patriots. And again, I am still firm on the Patriots winning the AFC. So there you go. Patriots still go to the AFC or go to the Super Bowl after that. Dallas Cowboys host the Green Bay Packers. And I mentioned the winner of that game would go to the would go to the would would at minimum go to the NFC title game. So I have to stick with that. I have to. And what did I say at the beginning of the season? What did I say at the beginning of the year with uh, Green Bay Seattle in the AF, in the NFC title game? I don't have Seattle making it, despite the fact that it's very possible they could beat Atlanta on the road. But, I don't know, I'm seeing things from this Packer team. I, I don't like it, but uh, as an objective fan, I have to play this role. I've kind of got a feeling that Green Bay is going to go into Dallas and take them out. And if you read my tweets, <laughs> the at Purple Mafia show... This week, you know I wasn't cheering for the Packers. You know I am in no way whatsoever cheering for this Packer team <laughs> this weekend. Even though I don't like the Cowboys that much either. I am not cheering for the Green Bay Packers. So please don't go there, okay? I don't think the Cowboys are going to win the game. I think I think Aaron Rodgers is sharp enough. He's going to beat this he's going to take advantage of a Dallas defense that's not that good. They made Sam Bradford look pretty damn good out there. They really did. Uh, the Vikings got through this Dallas defense, and it's going to cost them. And it's going to cost them dearly. I was hoping it was going to be the New York Giants going into Dallas, which would have been a really easy... Woo, the Wild just scored again. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, wild in the background. <laughs> Check out Brave the Wild if you could. Well, go Bruce Boudreau in Anaheim up 3-1. to one. All right. But yeah, uh, pardon me. <laughs> Green Bay Packers uh, will be going to the NFC title game because Aaron Rodgers is completing passes that shouldn't be completed. He is completing passes that should not be completed. It looks like they're on a magical run. I don't enjoy this at all, but it's starting to take shape what I was seeing at the beginning of the season. I don't like it at all, but it is what it is. We're seeing a sharper Aaron Rodgers, like I was talking about earlier in the year. I had a feeling late in the season he would pick it up, and he's picking it up. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. Despite Dallas having the offensive legends, Dak Prescott being this beautiful story, Ezekiel Elliott being the leading rusher in the league as a rookie, just a great pick, Dallas and the best offensive line ever. Green Bay is gonna gonna frustrate Prescott enough. Ezekiel Elliott will get his numbers. He'll get some numbers, but he won't get as much as uh, he'd like, I'm sure. And the Green Bay offense, more than anything, is gonna win the football game for the Green Bay Packers. They are going to put up the points, baby. It's going to be 31. It's going to be a stunning loss for those Cowboys, boy. 31-24. Green Bay will over will overcome the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will lead the way in this one. You're going to see Devontae Adams continue to lead the uh, wide receivers. He's going to lead the team in receiving, regardless if they're their old friend. Over, if <laughs> regardless if Jordy Nelson is healthy or not, coming in with that rib injury healthy enough to play. I can't even imagine the pain there. Hmm, no goal. No, I'm gonna, that's nice. But yeah, regardless if the... Uh, shit. Regardless if the... Oh, man. Regardless if the... Uh, <clears throat> if, Shrey, if if Nelson will be healthy or not, I got a feeling that uh, Devontae Adams and, and Rodgers will be a part of things there. They will complete the passes they need to, and the Green Bay Packers will advance. Uh, Ty Montgomery, all that, 
are going to be enough to beat this not-so-good Dallas defense, and it will do them in early. And a lot of people were worried about that with the Cowboys. The Cowboys find a way to win games, and that's the thing. Maybe they'll luck out and win like they did against the Vikings and so many other teams. They've hung on all year, but I got a sneaky feeling they're done right away, just like Kansas City and the Packers advance to the NFC title game against the Atlanta Falcons. Weird matchup. But it's happening, and that is a very that was a very entertaining matchup earlier this season. I was talking about what an entertaining game that would be. I remember I was uh, who I forget who I was talking about it with was it my friend Jacob or Kurt at work, uh, or was I talking about it on the show? Like what a great matchup that is with all that offense. It's going to happen. It is going to happen. You're going to see fireworks in Atlanta in in two weeks. It's going to happen, folks, and that's where I stand right now. And the winner of that game, I got a few. <laughs> <laughs> the winner of that game is not going to win the Super Bowl, though, but they will get there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? I kind of have a feeling Green Bay is going all the way to the Super Bowl right now, and they're good, but, but they will not beat the Patriots. They'll get there, but they won't beat the Patriots. The Patriots will be good enough to beat them. Very entertaining game, but the Patriots, I still maintain, will win the Super Bowl, but the Packers will get there. Wow. And you, you think I'm cheering for it? Hell no. Hell no, am I not cheering for it. Maybe Atlanta will get there. I, maybe I'll have a different feeling coming in. But as right now, at this moment, my prediction is the Packers will win the NFC. Because I, I had a feeling the winner of that game today would go to the Super Bowl. And the Packers were resounding victors in that one. So that's how I stand. Let's take a break. Come back for fan interaction. You first will hear from Dave Martin. Hi, Joey. Well, we're into off-season, and how disappointing is that after the way the team started this year? Uh, well, so we beat the Bears. Well, whoopee, big deal. Um, that team was clearly still on the O'Hare tarmac mentally because they didn't show up to play. Um, didn't make a lot of difference. Uh, it was entertaining, but that's about all you can truly say on that match. Uh, listening to the last podcast, just got to say that uh, Gerald nailed it completely on the season. I think he encapsulated perfectly the 2016 Vikings. And it's easy to put that into one word, frustrating. It was a frustrating season. Um, can't say I agree with perhaps the final comments um, regarding going backwards. I think if you looked at some of the, what this team achieved, I mean, we had a high-scoring defence for a good period of the season. Admittedly, they fell off the wagon in a couple of those games very near the end of the season, which you know is really difficult to explain. But you know, we've had a good defence for now the last two seasons. And, you know, I, I see no reason why that defence can't continue to improve. You know, if they can plug in a couple of more players that they find, whether it's free agency or in the draft, you know, that defence is there for a considerable period, hopefully. Um, on the offensive side, it would have been nice to see that O-line give the quarterback a bit more chance to throw the ball or have a run game so that we can actually be more diverse. But that was what it was. But, you know, in retrospect, and perhaps taking the passion out of the game, looking back at the season, we were bloody close. Let's be honest, you know, uh, a missed punt against Dallas, we win that one. You know, that alone could have changed the season completely for this team. Uh, the two Lions games, you know, the, the clock management at the end of that first match, we should have won that one. Um, second game where, obviously, Sam threw that interception. Again, you know, you go 11-5... and five, it's a completely different ball game. We're not talking about uh, oh, the, the frustration of drafting and uh, missed missed opportunities. We're talking about hey, we're in the playoffs. We have a home game. 
we have a chance to move on. Um, more likely we would have been one and done knowing knowing this franchise, but we could have uh, found a way, perhaps, to the promised land. You know, the fact is, we weren't that far away. <laughs> Not that far away at all. So I will maintain my optimism now we're in the off-season and, um, you know, hope they can build this O-line back to some sort of uh, functionality and give Sam Bradford a chance to actually perfect his craft as a quarterback. Um, Personally, I think they have to build behind Bradford. I think he's done more than enough this season to prove his worth. Um, A new NFL record in passes completed. I mean, that says a lot behind what was a trash O-line. So the key is to find a left tackle that can protect his blind side and let him get on with his job. Um, Let's be honest this team has a championship caliber defense it now needs an offense that can supplement that and take this team deep next season we have to rely on Spillman to uh, to find those key components to rebuild that o-line and give this team a chance to actually go somewhere next season because i believe they can they have the defense to do it they need an offense that can <laughs> at least put points on the board do we trust Spillman to do that and there's another question, isn't there? Um, also, coaching-wise, has um, Sherman done enough to hold on to that job? I don't know. Um, and also, Tony Sperano. I'm not convinced of what he's achieved with that O-line. Admittedly, he's had a lot of issues to contend with. Maybe if we don't have the kind of injuries that we had last season, we'd have been better. Off-season is going to be very interesting, that's for sure. And if they make the right choices, it could be a very exciting 2017 into 18 we have to just hope they make the right choices. Anyway, as regards the playoffs, um, I'm with you, Joey. I think New England probably are the most likely team to win this, although I, I always have a little feeling that Pittsburgh, if they're given the opportunity, could make it all the way to the Super Bowl and probably win it on the NFC side of the the coin I can't say I'm really that bothered who uh, comes through from that side. It doesn't particularly interest me. Uh, To be brutally honest, the season's over as far as I'm concerned. I will follow it and see how it develops. Anyway, Joey, thanks yet again for another exciting season of talk, chat and uh, opinions. And skull to the boys and girls out there. And let's hope for a uh, a Super Bowl next season at home. Wouldn't that be something to savour and enjoy after 57 very long years of so close, but yet so far? Ah, Dave, you are the best. That was awesome. Um, absolutely awesome. And a great way to wrap things up with it, too, the way you said how it's been so close and yet so far. You could That could be the uh, company slogan for the Vikings, I think. Hmm. Okay, I'm being a little mean. But no, isn't he fantastic? See, that's like, you, it's basically like a segment. We could maybe name a segment. We could maybe name, figure out a name for that one. Maybe uh, give me some ideas if you might uh, have something you'd like to call it uh, a segment there, like a segment from Mad Martin or Dave Martin or whatever, you know, just some kind of name uh this one uh, this one show at the atari game by game podcast uh ferg the guy's the guy the, the host of that show uh, a, a british guy calls into that show and they call it strutter score i guess it's something like that i don't even know where they come up with that but it's a segment he comes on every show like that with audio submissions that lasts a, a little while like that Dave, uh, I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're more than welcome to join in the way you have the last uh, several weeks now, or a few weeks, or however like you want to say, uh, but, but it's been fantastic. Uh, I do agree about the Vikings' defense is championship caliber, Sperano, well, you know, 
Verano, I'm not sure about the sample size, but yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to brag about. That's for damn sure. Absolutely nothing. But again, the sample size because of the offensive line situation, it's really hard to say. Shermer is the offensive coordinator, which you probably already heard, uh, going into next season. I'm not thrilled about it either, but at the same time, I guess he's okay. Seems to be a good mix with uh, Sam Bradford, I guess. Hopefully with better protection, you'll see a little bit more passes down the field rather than just short passes. You saw a lot more action in that Chicago game when there's less resistance against Sam Bradford. He can be pretty damn good, and he was great much earlier in the season against the Packers and other teams along the way. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully things will develop as, of course, Sam Bradford will be the starting quarterback starting the season out next year, and we'll see how things go. I mean, is he going to stay healthy, this and that, and is he going to be a disaster, and then Teddy takes over. So who knows? Um, Hopefully Teddy's healthy enough to take over at some point if he's going to be needed. (laughs) I personally would love to see Teddy back, and of course, ending things with the happiest ending of all time, maybe Teddy Bridgewater hoisting a Vince Lombardi trophy in U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh my God, that's the happiest possible ending I could imagine. As, ha- as nice as it would be to see Bradford holding it too, but Teddy, it would be the happiest ending because think about all that that's happened since then. So thank you very much, Mad Martin. Um, yes, please do. Uh, <laughs> please do keep keep these coming. You are a superstar. Seriously. Um, I remember he made a very nice comment also on the Twitter account, and that's where I've met Dave Martin, where he's become affiliated with this show in that sense, out of Northern Scotland. Um, well, I have it set up on the wrong one, but uh, for it is at Purple Mafia Show for that. Also, I'll give a quick shout-out for the Facebook. Uh, see, there's Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Please go there and click like. There's also, though, MN Vikings, Vikings, not Vikes, MN Vikings Haven, was created by Trevor Wicker, and he's kind enough to let me post this show on his Facebook page, so I'm more than more than obliged to uh, give him a shout-out and encourage you to join that page as well. Please do go there and click like and comment on there. I know some of you have been doing that. I, I've seen Anthony Batista on there. That was Anthony from LA who used to call in back in the day. I've missed him a lot. I'm not sure if he still listens, if I pissed him off, or he lost interest, or I don't know, but he only posts there and never posts on Purple Mafia show. I have no idea what happened. It is what it is, though. Um, nice to know that uh, some people from this show have joined that, though. That means uh, that means there's a point there. It's not just uh, one-sided, like, I'm just going to post my, my page on there and the hell with you. No, it's not like that. You've been getting quite a few people joining your page there, my friend. So thank you again, Trevor, for that. It is, it is greatly appreciated. Oh, I wish this thing would stay in order. Man, it bounces everywhere. Wow, that's a lot of tweets. Okay, so there it is, episode 235. Yep, I want to thank uh, um, Vince and Tanae for retweeting the most recent episode where I just said 8 and 8. That was the title of the show. Thank you very much for the retweets, guys. And I've seen them retweet the uh, Brave the Wild. I, n- I never mention it on there because I get... It's like I get lazy because I don't check the Twitter when I don't get a whole lot of tweets during the week. It's usually people just click like or retweet. They don't usually say anything, and then I get lazy and don't mention anything. But I want to thank you, uh, Vince and Tanae, who have been kind enough to retweet Rave the Wild many times. So I'll try to mention that on the next show as well. Uh, So we'll go from there. Uh, Boy, there's too many. Yeah, I don't know why they tell you all these people liked this tweet from something else. That's completely unrelated. It drives me crazy. I don't know why it does that. So, Mad Martin, starting things off here a couple of days ago, saying, just catching the show again. Thanks for the kind words. That's a great football minds. I'm an amateur to you, my friend. 
Well, I appreciate that thought. I mean, I appreciate that you think uh, I'm a... But I I think you're a great football mind, too. And I would think uh, the listeners that hear what you say would agree. I would think so. So you're very, very, very welcome on this show. Um, (laughs) With the the call-ins and such, I think you're... uh, Insight is excellent. Uh, he says some very good takes under where we go in the off season. I'm still keeping Sam and having TB as our backup, and that's pretty much where I think things are with the quarterback position. And of course, TB is up in the air, being Teddy Bridgewater with the uh, recovery period. Nice to know he's at least walking again. I mean, just <laughs> that's the best the start of things. I can't even imagine how long it took for him to be able to walk again without crutches. Oh God, how long do you think that took to heal? And plus the tedious time in between the injury and the surgery because it last it was like a long time can you imagine how tedious that must have been oh and how painful because it's like not like the pain just magically disappeared like oh you know it doesn't hurt anymore we just need to fix it up oh man Mm. uh dave continuing saying i have to feel for the raiders after the season they had and up with that injury absolutely uh NC Viking Girl said, uh, retweeted or liked my tweet when I said, I feel terrible for the Oakland Raiders. They're just getting picked on. They would have killed this sorry, pathetic team if Carr was healthy. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. You know, I definitely stand by what I said there. Um, Dave saying, Dave Martin saying, hard to watch this. Sent you a voice recording. It was over 10 minutes, cut down to under 5 minutes. Not easy. Yeah, yeah. Editing can be a pain sometimes, can't it? Um, usually I try to, yeah, I mean, usually I try to. <laughs> Usually I try not to cut too much, but I mean, yeah, if it's a call-in, I mean, well, it depends on what you wanted on there, I suppose, and you did a good job, I have to say. Uh, Dave saying, cannot disagree, I feel their pain, Houston Houston are garbage, and yeah, I, I think they are too. Uh, Thor was saying, if Carr stays healthy, it says Thor Z4, so thank you, Thor, I appreciate your uh, inclusion on the show. He says, if Carr stays healthy, the Raiders are the number two seed in the AFC. Absolutely, they are. Absolutely. That's, yep, without a doubt. And they would have probably, there's a good, well, it would have been an interesting matchup between them and the Steelers. Talk about old school classic football right there. Oh, this will be like the 1970s again right there. Not that uh, uh, Dolphins and and uh, Steelers, or even Chiefs and Steelers, but Dolphins and Steelers, now that's 70s football right there. <laughs> Two Super Bowl champion teams multiple times back in those days. Uh, Mad Martin continuing saying, but this season has shown what Bill Musgrave can do with a quarterback, something he did not have in Minnesota. Oof, yeah, that was uh, Christian Ponder during those days. Ouch. Um... Ali, Ali with a couple tweets here. Ali Sidikai, who also posts... Uh, Pro Football Spot, the uh, Vikings. He he writes for Pro Football Spot, the Vikings section of that website. Really good writer, Ali. Thank you always for that, um, for posting your articles on my Purple Mafia page uh, on Facebook. He says, OBG ain't helping, though, and that's, yeah, Odell Beckham Jr., who drove me nuts. I didn't even talk about that. That's the most sad part. That guy dropped so many passes in this game, including one in the end zone. It would have been easy, and so instead of three points, it should have been seven. And there were so many times in that New York Giants game. See, I didn't even get into that. Isn't that sad? It's it's like because I knew it was coming later anyway. It's like subconsciously I kind of saved it for this part. But Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, what a freaking... It's just, you know, you're a prima donna. You're so worried about how the refs officiate games. Why don't you worry more about catching the ball instead of having bleached hair sticking out of your head the way it does? You know, and trying to look pretty for the camera. I mean, you know, the hell with that. You know, the, why don't you focus uh, on something important? 
like beating the Packers on the road. Because you beat them on the road, you're, there's a very, very good chance you go to the Super Bowl and maybe, maybe you win it. Just maybe. Instead, you're out in the first round and you get slaughtered, embarrassed against a jackass team like the Packers. You should have beaten them today. I don't care how good and how hot they are. They sh- you should have beaten them today. Uh, Ali says, yep, I'm not a fan, but today I'm definitely pulling for him. And I, I was too. I was too. Mm. Yep. And I was mentioning, and this was liked from uh, from the Cheap Seats podcast. <laughs> he was saying, uh, I was saying Lady Gaga is going to be the halftime show for the Super Bowl. I know I'll be changing the channel. Yuck. And yes, I traditionally do that because... You know, it's usually not somebody I like, and this whole millennial generation does nothing for me. I mean, this, the music sucks. The personalities are garbage. I have no interest in any of them. I mean, yuck. <laughs> Beyonce, uh, same old crap over and over again. Can't even look at it. Uh, what, what was it? Katy Perry a couple of years ago. Give me a break. Ugh. Give me a break. All right, let's continue. Uh, the music is just obnoxious. It's not good. It's horrible. And that's my opinion. If you like it, you can go ahead and like it. I don't, but I'm going to go ahead and not like it. Madrone says, getting the impression you don't like much of Beckham. You don't think much of Beckham. And no, I don't. He says, so far watching this Packers offense, it's like watching the Purple in 2016. 21 plays, 21, 29 yards, spoke too soon. Shit, 31-yard pass. Yep, that's when things started to change very quickly with the Packers versus the Giants today. He says, sums it up, just luck. If that was, it, was, it would have been picked off or dropped. And that's, of course, the... Uh, the uh, stupid pass, the uh, stupid Hail Mary pass, and then how things change so dramatically. Dave saying, just unbelievable, clearly playing with the rule book, going out the window. Again, that was on the uh, stupid uh, Hail Mary pass, just like his 19th of his career, it seemed like, into the end zone. It's so frustrating. So let's move on to the Facebook page again, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. And again, on the show as well, there's multiple ways. Okay, 209-736-7877, like how Dave did. Uh, 209-736-7877. Yeah, there's that way. Then there's the call-in button, which goes the same way. 209 It just goes through the same line, but it's instant. The call now button through Facebook Messenger. And what Dave Martin actually did was the uh, audio submission route, where you just use your phone's uh, um, audio recorder and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com send it there all the information will be in the show description on itunes stitcher and double twist so thank you again for that in advance we continue off of the last show mark carlson says enjoyed the show as usual i listened to the whole show twice hey why not thank you for the star and looking forward to the purple mafia playoff editions school thank you so much mark that's awesome bob listen to it twice wow you like it that much Wow, man. <laughs> I think that, I mean, I really appreciate that. I do. And, you know, I, I suppose I've listened to some podcasts twice at times. Sometimes I go backwards and listen to old ones. You know what I mean? With shows, you go back to one of their old ones, see how things are going, that type of thing. Or even listen back to some of these from, you know, the past, too. Like, what did it sound like in 2014 and all that? I couldn't believe listening to an old uh, Timberwolves explosion or, uh, yeah, State of the Timberwolves 2010. I can't believe how much younger me and Marcus sound. And then you look at the calendar and it's 2017. Wow. Man. There's a reason why the 600th episode that I've ever done is going to be on the next Purple Mafia. The 600th combined episode that I've ever recorded. 600. That is insane. And it's coming up in only a week, ladies and gentlemen. That is nuts. (laughs) That is absolutely insane. 600, man. I can't even put in, I, I can't even believe it. 
and then also the ninth anniversary, the birth, ninth birthday, whatever, so to speak. Even also strange, August, uh, I, I mean August, what am I talking about? That would be a January 28th, I do believe, 2008 was when we uh, started doing this. That's just beyond words, man, beyond words. So where do we continue? Ali Siddiqui posting on Thursday, says taking a look at what went wrong with the Vikings this year. Very good article. I encourage you to check that out on profootballspot.com. Do click on that link there. You'll see it on the uh, the uh, visitor post section on the Purple Mafia page. Tony Coleman says, It pains me to root for the Cowboys, but I have to do it. I didn't expect Green Bay to get past the wild card round. I thought New York would take it. Ah, well. Continuing the tradition of my favorite teams being the Vikings and whomever plays the Packers next week. Skull for Dallas. L-O-L-Z. <laughs> I agree, man. And it's so very true. I was saying how unbelievable things turned out. Yes, we'll be a big Cowboy fans next week. As sucky as that is to say. Oh, man. Yep, Tony, love you. That's a guy who goes back to 2009 at a bare minimum, unless he actually started listening to the show in 2008. But when I was talking about the 600 episodes and the, the 2008, man. And he, I mean, at minimum 2009. Uh, man, it's just crazy how long this show has been around. Purple Mafia started in April 2008. Everything started with per, uh, Paladino Live. We'll talk about that some more next week as we celebrate that many shows. Man, 600, man. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> That's a long time. Um, if you get in just on sheer longevity and say numbers, and I don't mean necessarily listeners when I say numbers, but numbers like, say, base hits. See, like every show counts as a base hit or a home run or something. I must be in the Hall of Fame now when it comes to podcasting, right? And I'm not saying that as an ego. I'm just saying that as longevity, hanging around and sticking with it. And, man, that's a big number. Oh, my Lord, that's a that's a lot. I can't believe it's been that long. And, but, uh, man, I'm, I'm, it's something I'm proud of. I'm so, something I am very happy to bring to you as well. Uh, those of you who have said you enjoy this show so much. And, uh, yes, uh, Gerald, with such nice comments along the way. Mark, so many good comments. Dave Hickey, you guys are just awesome. I mean, I, I thank God for that, that, I, that I know you. You know, Tony Coleman for so many years, man. Dylan Richardson, all the way back to the beginning. Um, so many Australians with Timberwolves Explosion. And I met some great people. Obviously, Vince Germano, Hank McCoy, Courtside Podcast. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that more in the next show. But it's like still, holy moly. Mm. Uh, I wanted to jump on something real quick, so then I screwed it up. It was like right in front of me, and I said, okay, I posted Go Dolphins and Giants today. I might as well mention what some people said. Uh, it's kind of some back and forth. Christian Smith is saying, nah, Steelers. Stephen A. Smith liked what I said. Stephen A. Smith, I miss you on the Purple Mafia page if you're listening. Man, I miss you a lot. Ali Siddiqui thinks the Steelers, thought the Steelers and Packers would win, and he was right. <laughs> he was say, I was saying how the Steelers, I don't like them very much, and how Eli Manning has been really clutch, and blah, 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 and they beat him when they were 15-1. and one. And Ali says, very true, though the Packers are red hot right now. It very well could go either way. I, of course, will be rooting for the Giants, and yes, uh, yeah, the Packers. Yep, the Packers should be going all the way, I think in my opinion, at least getting there. Uh, Ali says, I don't like Seattle. They're always, they always have calls going their way. I agree. Oh my God, I love this. I can't believe I didn't read this. He says, don't like Sherman. Nope, I don't like Sherman. Either. That guy is the, he's my least favorite football player. I hate Richard Sherman. I mean, if you like Richard Sherman, you're a, you're either blind or you're a jackass. <laughs> I hate that guy. He says, I don't dislike the Cowboys, but root against them because all the hype they always get. Yeah, I, I don't like him either. Scott Curvers, I didn't really like this very much. Kind of got on my nerves a little bit, but don't, don't they all? 
right now I'm kidding don't they all he says did the Dolphins actually suit up today or did some high school team win a raffle and they got to play for them I mean I'm not bothered by that but okay I get it and he says and did and you didn't think the Giants had a chance against the hottest team in the NFL right now did you Yes, I did, because they were going, things were going just fine for a little while there, weren't they? It didn't really get that bad until late in the third quarter, okay? So, (laughs) a couple of, uh, yeah, a a little push off in the end zone, maybe, a little luck for the Packers, just maybe kind of started turning things a little bit, and the Giants still were very much in it, and then everything went down to hell not long after that, and that was kind of frustrating. Um, he said, too bad the Raiders couldn't have played the Dolphins. I could have caught up on some sleep this weekend. And yeah, it was pretty lame. It was lame. I won't deny it. So I'm not too mad at you, Scott, but, mm. uh-huh. Let's see. What a, who, who clicked like? Okay. And Benny Allen, who is a listener of Brave the Wild, I do believe. I don't know if he listens to Purple Mafia. Maybe. He says, Seahawks and Neil Allen Thiesing, who's been on Brave the Wild many times. I'd like to have him on again. He says, boo, pack, boo. I agree 100%. And I hate the Seahawks. I don't know why Benny Allen likes them. I don't know. I don't know why you like them. I, I hate them. So let's wrap things up here. I want to thank you guys so much again for your listenership. We will talk about that 600th episode a bit next week. Hopefully I'm feeling a little better. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm not feeling my best at the moment. Hopefully things will be a little better at that point and not worse. <laughs> God bless. You know. Hopefully uh, all of you enjoy this week. Uh, Hopefully we get some better football next week. This was crap. This was just crap. I, I hated it. It reminded me of what the Viking season was after week number six officially because we was you know we had the bye week and no no week seven we had the bye week in that other week week number six so yeah um hope all of you <laughs> I can't say hope you enjoyed the weekend because I don't know unless you really really liked one of the teams that won which I don't really like any of them so mm, yeah. You know, I don't like the Steelers. I don't like the Houston Texans. I couldn't care. I couldn't care less. You know, who the hell are they? You know, Seahawks. I just a bunch of bull crap. And same with the Packers. So, whatever. Um, let's hope for better football next week, right? Uh, but yeah, yeah. Keep keep them coming, Dave. You are awesome. Let's pass out some stars here, please. Yes, let's do that. Dave Martin Gold Star, uh, Silver Star with gold plated all over it goes to. Mr. Tony Coleman, loved that little post in there. And also, we will give a strong bronze star, silver-plated bronze star to Ali. I mean, love the, love the interaction. Awesome. The interaction this week was fantastic. In fact, I could even... Uh, I'm going to give Ali and Tony silver stars this week. You know what? Silver stars for both of them. And um, there it is. We'll just... Uh, we'll, uh, and a bronze star to Mark Carlson. Got to give it a... Yeah, at least a bronze star. Really nice comment in there as well. Thank you guys so much for your interaction, your inclusion on the show, your loyalty for as many years now. Most of you have been around at least four or five years. I mean, even the new semi-newer ones have been around for three, four, five years. Just amazing. Like, Dave Martin's been around for years. So, you guys are great. And yes, Dave, uh, let's uh, think about a name for that segment. Just have something fun. Maybe I could add a little, tiny little bumper to it. You know, like maybe it's like 10, 15 second long, like da 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 da, whatever, you know, that type of thing. So, well, we'll think about it. It'd be fun. Maybe let me know at uh, some point if you have any ideas. And if not, I'll try to hopefully get my lazy ass to think of something at some point. <laughs> Until then, thanks again. And please, out there, if you could give a positive rating for Purple Mafia on iTunes, it would be greatly appreciated. iTunes or Stitcher, I will definitely give you a shout out, and you will get at minimum a Bronze Star. 
on the show, depending on your interaction on the show as well. Give a shout out to Malcolm McSween out there. Those of you guys miss you, miss you, don't hear from me as much. Shout out to Sebastian Balls, Sebastian Barton. I know you're out there somewhere. I don't even know if he keeps up with listening anymore ever since he got with his uh, girlfriend. It's like some people, they just vanish when they get a new girlfriend. And you don't hear from forever, just like Marius the Forecaster. That drove me nuts, but it is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. But um, all right, take care, everybody. Hopefully, I feel better. And if you're not feeling well out there, hopefully, you feel better as well. Thank you, and take care.